right. Welcome to episode three of I'm Not That Polished with your host, John, the unpolished one. Yo, I got to kind of come up with a, a name or something. That's what, isn't that what most potters do? I, I don't know. But anyway, um, thank you for tuning in. Um, for those who have, again, reached out to me and kind of gave me a little per personal message, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I want to start this episode by one uh, quick little shout out to the Culture Savage for the t-shirt. Um, I got a couple of these joints. Um, this one in particular, the Handle with Care joint, uh, a lot of people like it. Um, they, uh, they're like, oh, I like your shirt, you know, appreciate it, or where you get your shirt from. So I'm always throwing your, um, your, your IG handle out there. So Culture the Culture Savage, if you uh, want some dope t-shirts and uh, especially it gives out some of that good old HBCU love. So you need some more Shaw stuff though, my guy, make that happen. Um, at any rate, um, Today's episode, we're going to call it, uh, who is the standard? Um, but before we do that, I kind of want to, this is one of those episodes I want to kind of reach back um, and kind of uh, flesh out a little more of uh, some perspective as to what I, um, why I kind of have like a, an issue with the, the hustle culture per se. Uh, it's not that I have an issue with the hustle culture because I, um, one of the tenets I ascribe to is actually, a, a, um, I don't know where I found this quote from, but it's basically saying no man makes his family uh, wealthy by um, sleeping in before 6 a.m. And I, I'm an early riser now. And so, so I understand that starting my day and getting to it you know, matters. Focusing on working hard matters. But just the, over, the overly uh, emphasized go, 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 hustle, 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 grind, 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 grind. It's not feasible. It's not sustainable. And so you, you, I just think that there's, we live in a society now with so much information that doing that is a burnout. Whereas you can get the information, create systems, then have the systems work for you to then create the lifestyle or so you don't have to hustle as hard. And I think that that's the thing where uh, I think it's kind of missed, but it's not that it's missed, it's behind a paywall and you got to pay to get that information and so I think that that's it's an, another thing it's the it's the it's the visceral reaction to you know understand you're looking at something like yo yeah I don't like my job I don't like this I do want to do this and then you know you get hit with the scare tactics which I think some of the scare tactics that they use are are relevant like because these things could happen we see AI is coming um, self-automated driving cars are coming so, but at the same time, I think using the, the idea of scarcity to, to, to get people to move um, is not, uh, it can be, it can backfire because again, it, 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 you know, operating out of fear, you know, I think it, it, it makes the pressure that much more um, highlighted and, and, and emphasized, especially when they meet a roadblock and they, they don't, you know, they, they have a setback, so to speak. And so I just think that that maybe that's the actual part of the hustle, hustle culture that I don't necessarily agree with. Um, but I, in terms of like actually understanding that you have to put the work in, I understand that. So um, I hope that clears up some of that. You know, I did add a few people kind of like question or like ask me to elaborate some more as to like why I'm, I'm anti-hustle uh, culture. I think that's, that's pretty much the linchpin of it. I th and I think if you were to take any said influencer that you may listen to from a motivational perspective or anything otherwise, um, you know, 
behind the rhetoric that they're actually saying, they have awesome systems that are allowed them to do things at scale. So their hustle is automated. Their hustle is systematized. So it's it's not the hustle that you think is that they like they they tell you to do. They, they go, it's an over romanticizing of the hustles per se, and the the hustle is tough. Um, and so it's kind of one of those things that you know. Yeah, I think that that's the part where I, I really be like, nah, I'm good on that. So, but um, yeah, so that that ties into the whole idea of the standard. Who is the standard? Um, I, I say that. Uh, because I, it just makes me, you know, of, of the past couple of weeks, I've been thinking about that more and more um, as it pertains to, you know, where, you know, Santana and I just you know, celebrated a wedding anniversary um, and a being together anniversary in that regard. Um, but one of the things that I think about um, as it pertains to like, you know, the standard is a lot of the conversation that she and I have been having lately. And so for the past couple of years, um, Santana has been dealing with depression um, she's doing a fantastic job, you know, working her way through it, but part of her depression stems from the ideals of what it means to be married to me. And when I say that, I'm saying that in the sense of, so for, for the disclaimer of the folks who don't necessarily know our story or our history in that regard, um, Santana is a lesbian. Um, I'm the first guy that she's ever dated. I'm the first male relationship she's ever had. Um, when I say male relationship she ever had, I mean male relationship she ever had, like I participated in accordingly. I'm sure she probably had some like some fake relationships in high school and stuff like that, but we're not talking about that. We talking about like full on relationship, courtship, marriage and all that. And so the depression, and it took me a long time to really figure this out is that the depression that she um, is going through or is has bouts with um, and I'm saying that in the sense of she, she still goes through it, but she has better days now than she does, did in the past. It stems from her feeling that she's not living a, a, the most authentic life um, because of her being a lesbian. So um, before I go any further, I will say that this is more so, you know, obviously Santana's story is Santana's to be told. So it's not like I'm going to just, you know, tell the story on her behalf. It's her story. Um, I'm just actually going to say it from my perspective, my vantage point on the said things that I'm talking about. So um, what was it? Maybe we're in 2021. Uh, I think 2019. It might have been 2019, 2020. I, I don't know. Um, uh, a friend of mine, my name is Patrick, has a podcast. Um, and he had me on there and we talked about the various things, you know, how I got into photography, fatherhood, being married. And, you know, we touched on um, what it means to be in a open marriage. So Santana and I decided to be in an open marriage um, in 2019, but it was more so in a sense of like, it wasn't necessarily compromising per se, but, and this is again, I'm talking from my perspective, um, I, uh, I'm looking at it from the, the grander scheme of things. I'm not going to say I'm Dr. Strange and like I was just out here just sitting out here meditating and looking at all these things and like this is the, the future of how this our, our relationship would be, but I'm not a dummy. Um, I'm not I'm not that polished, but I'm also not um, 
I'm not that arrogant. So I, I know I have a level of high confidence that could teeter to arrogance, depending on what we're talking about. What's up, Greg? Um, but I'm more so talking about in the sense of understanding like human nature. And so if this, in not only human nature, but accepting a person as they are, as they are, who they are. And so for me, um, again, we, you know, early in our courtship, we, we, you know, when we were dating, early dating, we know it was one of those things, you know, I knew like if this was a thing that come up, I mean, let me start to be understanding of what that dynamic could possibly look like and what does um, having a non-traditional relationship mean. And so for me, it was, you know, I had done my homework on what, you know, the whole polyamorous uh, community. It was so funny too, because like, I remember like we would go to we would go to food truck rodeos and, you know, you have your various, you know, booths and, and things sitting out there and like the, the poly couples would be out there and, you know, we, so Santana would be drawn by it because they would have the, the, the rainbow on there. So we, you know, we go over there, we listen to them, they're talking to us. And then, you know, we see the, the little poly symbol. And then I was like, oh, they, okay, they got this thing going on. And so like Santana and I both thought we, they were like on some like big love, like poly, polygamy type of thing. And I was like, oh, nah. But then, you know, you take some time, you do some research, you understand, like, oh, this is a thing. This is a thing. And so, um, you know, Santana started doing some of her research and she started, you know, there is a terminology for folks like us and it's called mixed orientation relationships. Um, and the thing about it was interesting about those is that usually the mixed orientation relationship is one of those things where it's from the, from the information that Santana told me, it's more the guy is... He comes out to be gay, but doesn't know, or he's hyper closeted. And then he comes out and then the, the marriage is still maintained in some capacity. Whereas that's not the case. Um, I've, Santana and I've known each other since we were 16. Well, known of each other in that regard. So obviously we, we went to high school together for about a year and a half and then she transferred out. Um, but then it was just, you know, we kept up through Facebook and stuff like that. So I'm our relationship is a combination of persistence in the sense of like me persistently, you know, just keeping up, shooting my shot in Twitter, sliding in the DM, so to speak, um, and then took a chance and, and, and took the gamble of putting myself out there to, to fail miserably in the sense, because obviously what audacity do I have as a, as a hetero, heterosexual male to go after a to not even go out and don't say like that but to pursue a woman who has no interest in you like what what the fuck was you thinking but i mean for me it was it, it just i i didn't think of those things in that man because i'm just thinking i'm connected with this human here um and she just so happens to like other women i'm like well great we got something in common i like women too let's talk about that but um what makes it interesting now is just like we you know we're, we're really one of the things that we start we did when we first got, to, got together you know santana had a youtube channel you know makeup youtube channel um youtube channel with some of her past relationships and then we had had a youtube channel and our youtube channel was actually named new normal life and the idea and the concept was to embrace um embrace this dynamic that is definitely different um me being a, a the living on the heteronormative standards and Santana obviously living on the the standards of which that you know she technically belongs to a, a hyper marginalized community that is now starting to have some 
not even starting to have some, has uh, uh, made tremendous strides in terms of equality and rights in that manner. Um, but again, you know, what does it look like when you start realizing that, sure, this is the bubble that you are in and sure, you know, it, it sounds good to, to feel as if though you're being, um, you know, living in your truth, so to speak, but then you still have the conflict of like thinking about what other people say. Like, what does my mom say? What does her mom say? What is this? And so it's, it's interesting, um, you know, because again, our, the paradigms and, and standards, you know, we have to be conscientious of realize that we're living on or we're creating our own narrative now. And you know, that can be tough, especially when you, you know, whatever that looks like. Um, because one of the things I had to realize is that, you know, just because you're, you know, you may be in a, 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 a open marriage, that doesn't mean everybody has to um, agree with it. Everybody doesn't necessarily have to know about it too. But then if you do want to be, you know, living your truth, you talk, you, you, you share about it. And one of the things that I, I usually don't talk about it much. Um, and the reason why is because I don't want it to be convoluted into a particular way. Um, one, I don't ever want it to be uh, perceived as if though this was a me thing, uh, you know, trying to change the narrative or, or, or get trying to have cake and eat it too, so to speak, like that, that necessarily wasn't the, the case. Sure, I can do that. I can have cake and eat it too. But that's not what I'm, I'm, I'm saying. It's, it's more so in the sense of, um, you know, unconditional love. I have unconditional love for Santana. So if I have unconditional love for her, let her be who she is, because that's what drew me to her anyways. So I would never want to have her feel if she's bound and bottlenecked into something that she's not. Um, so it's one of those things where I want her to be the best version of her because her, the best version of her is going to benefit me. It's going to benefit Langston. And then, uh, and then you know, the, the world gets to see that version of her that, you know, everybody else sh should be able to get to see. Um, so it's just one of those things, you know, I also think about it from the perspective of like, again, the standard, you know, I never forget, like we did the podcast. So what happened, Patrick had me on first and did the podcast. And then, you know, he invited Santana to do her version of the podcast, which again, Santana's story is Santana's story. So I'll, I'll never take that opportunity for her to share her truth um, in that regard. Again, as I said before, I'm always sharing it from my perspective. And so when, you know, she had her, I mean, clearly, you know, that, you know, both of them are now out in the ether. So uh, 2019, this is, so this had to be 2019 now, now I'm thinking about it, because I, I, um, I go back, uh, I'm, I'm in Atlanta, I come back to uh, North Carolina, and I go to homecoming, or a homecoming party. And as soon as, you know, as soon as I walk in, you know, I'm, I'm seeing people, hey, what up, what up, what up, what up? But then I seen a, a particular group of friends and they're like, yo, what's up, John? And then so, you know, I'm like, what's up? And then, you know, I, the conversation is lingering, you know, it's kind of like small talky. And I'm like, well, you know, I feel like they, I feel like you got something to say. You got something to say? And they just get straight to it. Like, yo, how, what, tell me more. How does this? And, this? and I'm like, all right, well. And they're like, you know, it's not that we're shocked or surprised, but how does, you know, how does this guy who was in a relationship for a good portion of his, in, in college, 
who has been a serial monogamous person now be in an open marriage? Like, how does that work? And that kind of explained to them, like, you know, well, at in 2010, I started, you know, challenging some of these beliefs that I have that were, you know, initially rooted in Christianity. Um, and then once I started going down that road of challenging cer certain beliefs, um, or not just not not just belief systems, but just like origins of traditions and origins of belief systems. I started really going down that rabbit hole. And then I realized that I don't have, the more I did this, the more I realized that the sacred cows that I have aren't that sacred anymore. And so there is a level of like things, it, like I'm not one of those people who believes in, um, like cognitive dissonance doesn't, doesn't really happen with me that much because if I'm presented something in terms of like a new thought process or a new perspective, I research it. I don't take it for face value. I research it, find the source and the source's source and then say, okay, well, this is now something now in the lexicon, let me, we tuck this. And now I have this to my disposal um, when thinking about something else as well. Now I have another perspective, another lens. And so, yeah, it was, it, it was that conversation where it was like, yo, this is this is what it is like again it's not a matter and it's not a, it's not a again it's on the first fold of it i said it's not me trying to have my kicking you too but then on the second fold of it is also it's not me acquiescing because at the same time i knew who santana was when i shot my shot in 2013. So it was like, this wasn't necessarily a, 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 a shocker to me in this regard. So it was kind of one of those things where I was like, well, I kind of expected us to get to this particular threshold. So now what's up? What do we want to do? How do we want to go about it? And so, um, but I think the most important thing of it is like understanding that, you know, we only get one of these, um, this life that we have and how we're, we recorded here. I mean, obviously now to, to sprinkling a little esoteric stuff to it, Sure, you can go, you know, pull your Akashic records and learn about the lives you live in the past and the, the, this, this, this and that. But in this particular time and this experience, you have one of them. I don't know anybody who um, can tell me about somebody who, you know, got a text message from a, a, an ancestor that say, hey, yo, we up here chilling or yo, it's hot as hell down here. No pun intended. So we don't we don't really know how this goes. So if you're only if we're in, if we're only here for a finite time you got to live it and live it on your terms. And so, and li yes, living it on your terms, living it to your standard, not the standard of other people, the, the, the standard of the expectations that were bestowed upon you, live it to the standard that you feel most comfortable with. Um, and at the same time, be comfortable with understanding that not everybody's going to be like, yo, I'm down with that, or I get that. And it's, it's cool because personally, I don't care one way or the other how people feel about it per se. It's because I love the ability to have civil discourse. Like we can agree to disagree on a lot. And especially if we understand from perspective of conversation, like if you're talking to me from a perspective of opinion, I'm not here to change your opinion. If you are here to talk to me from a perspective of faith, I'm not here to change your faith on it. But if you're here to talk, if we can identify and, and label and say, all right, we're talking from, from this perspective and the reason, then we're good to go. Shout out to Dr. Greg Carr. Um, I got that framework of, 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 of uh, what does he call it? The inception of knowing uh, from him. And that's been super vital um, going forward in terms of like having certain conversations as it pertains to like socioeconomic things, race, 
um, and, and, and just general conversations about like, like parenting or stuff like that, like that framework alone, money. Um, but yeah, that's the, that is the, like, yes, to live your own truth. Um, you can live your own truth. You can live your own standard. We, we must set our own standards because at the end of the day, um, as long as it's something that's not necessarily, you know, super egregious to society in that regard, trust me, I understand it. I, I, I get that. Um, but it's, it's still one of those things where, you know, again, we get one of these things. Um, so we have to, you know, take the, the credence and, and live our lives accordingly. And, and, you know, we'll find our purpose with it, you know, we, you know, again, I've already told you that my, my grandiose goal is just to pass down generational wealth from the, from the most minimalistic perspective possible, because I still want to enjoy life. I want to enjoy Santana. I want to enjoy Langston. I want to enjoy my friends. I want to enjoy family. Um, I don't want to, you know, be, uh, yeah, I just don't want, like, cause again, you, you hear about like Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs died from pancreatic cancer. But one of the things that Steve Jobs talked about when he died, he, he was, when he was diagnosed with cancer, he was actually CEO of Pixar and Apple, and Apple at the same time. And it was, it was stress. And you need to think Steve Jobs was, was vegan. So that, that resonates with me. Cause you know, I, I've made some lifestyle changes um, just because of, I understand, you know, uh, history, uh, you know, family history. My, my father, father's side of the family, uh, my grandfather and father, you know, had, you know, heart issues. Uh, my father was a drinker. So, you know, I, I, I make sure, you know, if I do go out to drink, to drink minimum, like I, I, cause again, I'm conscientious of these things. Like there's, what am I, what if I'm, you know, susceptible to these certain things, but at the same, so I'm, I'm always keeping that type of thing in, in my head. Um, because you never know. And I think that, you know, those stressors or that, that type of thing can, you know, you know, impact anybody. So you never, again, you never know what, what, when, when it could be all over from that perspective. So you just want to make sure that you're living it accordingly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, that's, that's pretty much the stream of consciousness that I really have in that regard. You know, again, uh, if I'm going to leave you with something is like, again, what is your North star? What is your standard? Um, whose standard are you living to? Um, you know, when is the last time you did like an assessment on your own standard? And, and if you haven't, you know, what, what does that look like when you do make that assessment? Do you, you know, does that cause you, I mean, some, cause there's, there has to be some of those that there's going to be a level of discomfort when you come to that as well. So what does that look like? Um, you can comment, uh, in, in the, in the comment section, um, again, let me know if you have any ideas or like when last time you done an inventory on yourself in terms of like, you know, whose standard that you're living to. Um, and it's okay to pivot if you have a standard that you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm good off of this. So yeah, I um, just wanted to again, just kind of just throw that one out there. I hope I cleared the air on the, the hustle culture situation. Um, and if I can leave you with anything, you know, again, uh, live to your own standard you know they you know the whole aspect of you know living you know keeping up with the joneses you don't have to keep up to the joneses you can you know keep up with insert your last name and and let that be that but that's all i got for now um i'm actually uh going to uh i'm gonna try to get my second pot out i know i'm hella late with this one uh i end up full disclosure because i'm at that polish had a headache um took took some uh, cbd gummy and that just blew blew the headache away as well as I did. So, uh, yeah, sorry about that. But um, yeah, I try to hurry up and get these these two pods out this week. 
um, before I get too bogged down with work and other um, projects I got going on. But again, chime in, let me know what you're thinking. Um, again, who's, whose standard are you living to? And if you aren't living to yours, when are you gonna start? That's my time, y'all stay classy. Thank you.